Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Welcome to the day. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. For those that are listening, happy whatever day it is. I'm getting some emails from people that are listening a day late consistently because either something's going on for them at nine o'clock. So I'm happy that you're with me whenever you're with me. So whenever you're hearing this, thank you so much for tuning in. An incredible day that we have today because it's a day to get a little bit better. That's all God wants, just a little bit better. We don't got to achieve big things in life. Big things don't come from big moves. They come from lots and lots of small moves. I was watching this documentary yesterday from, uh, from Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And they were saying how Amazon is like obsessed with what they call micro experiments. They're just obsessed with it. They're always just trying to make things a little bit better. They're just never, they're never happy. It's a relentlessness to the point to which some of the employees are, you know, complain that they're never able to rest because as soon as they hit a level, they move up the level. There's a constant approach towards their business, which is micro innovation. This is by the way, how most innovation happens. It doesn't happen through anything macro. You almost never see somebody like, oh my gosh, Eureka. Usually it's 10 years of knowing, knowing them until they, they work on themselves because that's how it works. And you know this because we're doing neuroplasticity here. That's how life works. Just get a little bit better every day. That's it. Constantly. Never rest. Not because it's exhausting, because it's exciting. That's what we're trying to do every day. Uh, Andy found, I can't believe it. Andy found the documentary. That was the one on Frontline. Andy Botex for you, everybody. We've been talking a lot about this idea of empowerment. Yesterday, we spoke about being a giver. And what happens is, is that when someone engages in challenge, the, the process of challenge does something to the person, right? I want you to almost picture, you know, a video game in which the character that you're controlling is up against the bad guy at the end of the board. And when you're up against that, that guy, there's a lot that he's throwing at you. He's spitting fire and he's, you know, he's zapping you. And you're the little guy or the little woman and, and you've got to figure out how to fight him. And you have to understand what he has so that you can jump around it and use whatever you got. And I'm just trying to put my head in the minds of my children or the minds of myself years ago. So the more we know what we're up against, the more we can face it. When we don't know what we're up against and challenge hits us, we really don't have the power to face it. That's why we get knocked over, not because we don't have the capacity, it's because we don't have the tools. I, I just really hope people get this. Really. The reason why we fail, ultimately, is not because we don't have the capacity, we're a piece of God. We got capacity. I would say that if God brings you to it, he can bring you through it. And if you're built from him, then whatever he throws at you, almost by definition, you can handle. You hear what I'm saying? Like I, I would almost believe, I mean, I do believe, but I'm trying to say that if he's throwing something at you, you can handle it. But there's a lot of things that we don't handle in life. We've got failures all the time. So what, what, what went wrong? 
I can do it. It's ultimately in my benefit. It's all non-random. So why do I keep on failing? And the answer is because we're not, we're not sure of our tools. We're not sure of what we're up against. That's, that's the game we're playing now. And we're like nearing towards the end of it where we're trying to like really bob and weave and understand the challenges in front of us. And what we need to really do is recognize every aspect of what they have and what they're throwing at us. Once you understand the, the enemy, now you know how, to, how you can combat them. You know, I don't know if I spoke about here, this or not, but you know, as you, many of you know, I do spend some time, you know, when I jog, I try to watch things. I, just, so, just so that you know my life, right? I try to jog, I try to exercise, uh, regularly. And I, I don't like watching scripted things. But I don't like it. I find it to be wasteful. So I try to find things that are mostly documentaries to watch. So you go through a lot of documentaries when you run frequently. So I watch a lot of Israeli documentaries. I'm a very big fan of the Israeli army. And I, and I remember, and I think we spoke about this here, watching the documentary about how, I think it was a documentary, I don't remember about how they're able to shut down the, the Iranian nuclear plant with the Stuxnet virus. And the brilliance of that move is that the Iranians were waiting for the Israelis to send in jets like they did in 1981 against the Osirik nuclear plant. So they built these ground terror missiles. Meanwhile, the Israelis through the Mossad implanted a virus. They couldn't respond because the virus that they built was so sophisticated that it had to make it look like it was not a virus. So they didn't even know to look for it. It looked normal, but it wasn't normal. It was the most brilliant uh, cover. Not only were they not sending planes, they had a virus. Not only did they virus, they made it look like it wasn't a virus. Forget about it. The Iranians potentially were able to go up against the Israelis, potentially. They don't have the, the might of the creator of the universe behind them like we do. But they didn't know where to fight. And as you delve into the world of viruses, you just can't find it. That's why we're all in, still in this world of masks and this. And why is this happening for? Because we don't know where to get it. Part of what we're doing here is identifying where, what, what am I up against? And you have your own what you're up against. You have to, you have, to have an awareness. You have to, that's why journaling is so critical. That's why thinking is so critical. Not during your day, but in your times of thinking, because you got to know what, why you failed yesterday, but you got to delve into yourself to get underneath it. And yesterday we spoke about this idea that many times that when you are up against challenge, there's this natural inclination to focus inward. It makes sense. It's, it's, it's intuitive. And that happens almost automatically for the first few minutes. Your amygdala hijacks, and now everything is focused in turn. But if you consistently live that way, you end up being self-focused. So you end up only being able to tap into the powers of your body. Now, even though, it's, I don't mean your physical body, right? There's levels of your soul, and some of the levels of your soul is, is your body. As they say, the, 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 the nefesh bahamit, the nefesh bahamas, the, my understanding of it, the, the spirit, the soul that is the animalistic part. It's a very selfish energy. And when you tap into it, you focus on self, you take care of yourself, but you don't tap into the extent of your soul, which is the higher level of your soul, the nefesh, the soul of elokit, 
I'm trying to translate for the Sephardi language, which is sort of the godly part of your soul, which is so much more powerful. So when you engage in a challenge and you immediately look to find purpose in the challenge, to find someone who's going to benefit beyond you from the challenge, when, you, when you're up against you know, a raise to ask for, but you think of your family, when you're up against a, a, a health issue and you think about who you're going to help that has that health or what you're going to do like when you can be healthier, when you're up against a, a livelihood issue, and you, and you see the people that you want to give to and you want to be part of, when you're doing it for more, when you're, when you're pushing yourself physically, you're doing it for the benefit of even for you in the future so you can take care of people or when you're part of an army, when you, whatever it is, when you are able to tie your physical challenges with some greater purpose than just your own survival, you now can tap into a larger resource. So when you engage in pain, find a purpose for your pain. Find one, because if you find one, you will see, you are going to automatically engage in so much more power to use that. Because when it comes to yourself, you can only go so far. When it comes to other people, you can go so much further. My mom always says this. She says, when it comes to herself, she'll give in. But when it comes to her children, she'll, she'll go crazy. She's right. That's what every parent would do that, right? Every parent knows that when like, it's you, you're like, okay, fine, I'll wait. When it's your kid... What happened? The answer is that you've tapped, you've taken the pain, the challenge, the embarrassment, the, the, the vulnerability, all the stuff that you're not going to do for yourself. You're just attached to somebody that you care about more. And as soon as you attach it to something purposeful, you, you open up like a spigot of energy. But something else happens whenever you're engaged in challenge. Once you start to focus inward, you start to feel alone. You see, when you're self-focused, you're focusing on yourself. Remember, when we spoke about the schema, the schema is able to pick whatever it wants to focus on. And when you focus on yourself, by definition, you're alone or you're with less people, right? Because you're with yourself. Right? You walk into a room, if all you're focusing on yourself, you're really alone in a room. Walk into a room, and you focus on everyone around you and your friends and your family, all of a sudden now you're connected. Connection isn't physical. Connection is spiritual. Two people in one room, one, people, one person feels fully connected and one doesn't. That's not like a physical thing. So what happens many times is when you're engaged in challenge and your focus goes inward, you feel alone. And when you feel alone, loneliness is itself, is itself disempowering. We're not meant to be alone. Again, not physically. You can be alone physically. We're meant to be connected. The soul thrives on connections. We're meant to connect ourselves to causes greater than ourselves. We're meant to connect ourselves to people around ourselves, friends, family. We're meant to be connected to each other. That's how we were built. We're built to be part of a larger whole. And whenever you go through challenge, it feels like you're alone. And when you feel like you're alone, you feel like you're the only one going through it. 
So how do you deal with it? So there's two ways. One way we spoke about, give. This happens all the time. I speak to people about this so often that someone feels alone and they're just like waiting for people. Like I remember when I was a kid growing up, I remember this when I was a kid growing up, like Saturday nights, depending on whatever, wherever you lived and grew up, Saturday nights had different impacts. When I grew up, Saturday night was like the night everybody went out. I remember when I was younger and like my friends were starting to go out and get together. But this was time before like WhatsApp chats, right? So it usually was like, you know, random or just whoever lived near each other, whatever it was. I happened to not live near my closest friends. And I remember the feeling of feeling like I'm waiting for them to call me. Like, why didn't anybody call me? Why didn't anybody invite me out? Like, it was like this self-pity on a Saturday night. How come nobody remembered to call me? You feel alone. I don't have this as much, but I've, I've learned that sometimes when people walk into a room, usually it's women with a new outfit on. And nobody says you look nice or beautiful. They feel like they feel like they look less pretty. They walk into a room and nobody compliments them. There's a feeling of how come it ain't coming. We have this feeling of how come it's not coming to me. And the loneliness is really the way we're solving it is we're just waiting. So when you feel alone, the solution isn't to wait. The solution is to act. And you act by giving. Only later did I find out that everyone's waiting for someone to call them to go out Saturday night. There's like one guy making phone calls, right? Everyone's waiting for someone to say how nice they look when they walk into a wedding, right? Everyone's waiting for everybody else to do something because they feel like I can't do it. It's just not true. The people that end up doing things aren't more capable than everybody else. They just do it. They just take a stand. They just act. So if you ever feel alone in anything, the, the, the solution to feeling alone is to give. That was what we spoke about yesterday. And not only that, but to give in a way that's more sensitive. So when you feel the feeling of not getting called, you're more sensitive to people to call them. When you feel the feeling of not being said how pretty or how nice you look, you are more sensitive to people so that you can compliment people. When you feel what it feels like to not be said hello to, when you move into a new community, well, then when you feel like you have friends, you look for people that are new. What you're doing is you are in the process of feeling alone. You're already starting to, you're already starting to to create purpose in your pain. But the way you get over it is you start to give in the very area that you need. And so the fir- whenever you feel like you're hitting challenge and you're alone, the w- you have to recognize you're up against the bad guy at the end of the board. Challenges outside the physical part, once you get into the mental challenge, that's like the Iranian nuclear facility. You gotta learn. We have to learn how to be much more careful to know what we're up against. We can do it. We just have to be aware of it. 
got to know what we're doing. We can't just approach it every same way. We have the capacity. We just got to be more careful to know what to do. And one of the things we have to know what to do is, wait a second, I'm challenged. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I'm frustrated. I just failed. I'm embarrassed. I'm in pain. That's physical. Or that's, that's, that's material. Okay, what do I got to deal with? I got to deal with loneliness right now. I got to deal with feeling like I'm alone. How do I deal with that? I got to give to somebody. I got to connect to something. Because when I connect to somebody else and give to them, all of a sudden I'm connected again. The giving is what brings us to people. And when you're giving to somebody else, now you're not alone no longer. So the feeling of loneliness that usually takes place after challenge is now mitigated. But there's another thing that's so critical. I got this from Friday from Dr. Pelkovitz. I spoke about this earlier in the show, in the week. Go to ShabbatShow.com and look for the, the rerun of last Friday's show. We have, we have a show with Project Inspire every Friday at 5.30. Last week, we had Dr. David Pelkovitz on. I was speaking about stress. And he said, the, mo- the first thing he said, one of the most important things you have to realize when you're engaged in stress or you're engaged in anxiety is to be kind to yourself, to accept it. It's normal. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. That feeling of alone is also the feeling of it's only me going through this. Look how normal they all look. Look how confident this person is. They don't have this challenge. They're not struggling with that marriage. They're not struggling with their children. Look how perfect they look. And this, by the way, is exacerbated by social media because anytime you see someone in social media, they're only sending you the pictures that worked out, right? No one's taking a picture of their kids killing each other on vacation and sending that to their friends. They're like, if you sm- smile, if you don't smile, you're all being punished. Everybody, smile, click. Best vacation ever, love the fam. And you're like, why are those kids? What's wrong with me as a mother? My kids are killing each other. Look at all these families. Their kids are perfect. They're smiling, they match. There's a sunset, like holy mackerel. Yeah, they didn't realize that it was like the 50th picture. And the mom had to basically threaten death for the kids to smile for three seconds. And they're like, forget about it. Feel alone when your kids are struggling. You feel alone when you're struggling because that person walks in and they're smiling ear to ear and like, wow, they're so confident. They got everything going for them. Social media has a way of making everybody look good. I saw this documentary. (laughs) Keep on saying that. Years ago. This one I saw years ago. About how people now can take, I didn't know this. You can take a picture of somebody and they can make the person look skinnier. They're not actually skinnier. They just, through their, whatever program they have. It's not even the real person you're looking at. You feel alone. Just me. The answer is it's not just you. You don't know how many people are going through what you're going through. I'm going to tell you that it's a hundred times more than you think. You're not alone. Your feeling is normal. It's called life. And life is messy. It's an imperfect world made perfectly because God wants us to have something to play in. You got to be kind to yourself. Kindness means I'm not judging myself because I have these feelings. I'm not judging myself because I hit a wall. I'm not judging myself because I failed. I'm not alone in my own feelings. Everybody feels this way. 
Everyone has their ups and downs. Everybody has their pains. Everybody has their challenges. You got to feel, you got to stop feeling alone by just being kind to your own self and stop being so hard. Give yourself a break. You're a human being. You're fallible. You're put into this world and given challenges to grow. Football players don't, don't have panic attacks when the defensive line is coming to tackle them because they know that's normal. They may, but they know it's normal. So why do we have, why do we feel bad about when the world comes to play defense against us? We got to continue this a little bit. We got to continue this a little bit, but, but I want you to let yourself go a little bit today. Take it easy on yourself a drop. Be kind to yourself. The challenge that you're going through in life right now, we're all going through something. That's the beauty of being in the game. You want to know you're in the game? Then you got a challenge. I'm going to end with this. Listen to this story. There's a rabbi named Rabbi Leibi Mibradichev. He once said that if you go through a week in life and you have no challenges, everything's perfect. No challenges. Everything. Green light, green light, green light, green light, green light. He says, go into the synagogue, go into the shul, open the ark, look up to God and say, God, why have you forsaken me? Because challenges is how God makes us great. It's the coach wanting to make you the professional athlete. Nothing wrong with challenges. And there's nothing wrong with you. Once we let ourselves go a little bit and kind to ourselves, we fight another bit of the virus. We connect another bit of the virus. Before you know it, we start knocking these opponents out. It saves us to be more focused on what's in front of us. Okay, we'll continue this. Tomorrow is the weekly Q&A. Uh, send in your questions, charlie at charlierari.com. For those that are watching wherever you're watching, uh, you can send me an email. We can get you on whatever platforms that you'd like to watch it on. Hope you're well. Have an amazing day. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.